0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Uncovering the Corners of the World. Each episode, I, your host, Karina Kosmala, will be explaining some of the unknown locations or hidden attractions around the United States and around the globe, based on my personal experiences actually visiting some of these places and or researching the history behind them. This week, from some of the listeners who asked in person and one listener who sent a video message, I'll explain what that means at the end of this episode, asked whether I will be talking about unknown places or hidden gems outside of Illinois. Yes, I will try to talk about places from other states and even mix them with a few different states if they have a common theme. On today's episode, from Illinois, we are traveling west to Iowa, which is one state over and our first stop is a truck stop but it is not your typical standard truck stop. If you are not familiar with the term truck stop, another name for it is a rest area and they can be seen in any state alongside highways and rarely do these areas have more than a building with restrooms inside, a couple of vending machines with snacks, and a giant map with an arrow marked You are here, along with little maps that are lined against a wall. The purpose of a rest area truck stop is so, during your travels to a certain destination, you can stop at a rest area and rest for a few hours. Yet, there is one place in Iowa that the truck stop is the main attraction for travelers and has more than the essentials of a regular truck stop. World's largest truck stop, or Iowa 80 truck stop, is situated on West Iowa Road, Walcott, Iowa. Founded in 1964, with 900 truck parking spots and a building separated by different levels or floors, this truck stop has everything, and that includes Eight to restaurants, a convenience store, a barber shop, chiropractor, dentist, movie theater, workout room, laundry facilities, gas islands or gas stations, cat scan, 24 private showers, diesel fuel center, truck service center, truckomat truck wash, dogomat pet wash, and a super truck showroom. Yet this truck stop wouldn't be complete without a gift shop that almost looks like a mini toy store and also has Iowa souvenirs like shirts, cups, and shot glasses, and anything you could think of. The truck stop has one thing in common with a regular, standard truck stop. According to the official website for the world's largest truck stop, it is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Although it is possible to spend an entire day at the truck stop, there is one point of this attraction I recommend you shouldn't miss. And that is the museum located on the same parking lot within walking distance of the truck stop. Inside the museum, there are several rows of restored trucks. It's almost like traveling through history from the oldest truck being from at least 1910 to the newer ones from the 1970s, 1980s. Some of the trucks include the 1910 Avery tractor slash gasoline farm wagon, which reached speeds up to 15 miles per hour and has the appearance of a carriage, but with an engine instead of horses. The 1919 International Harvester F1 Ton isn't much different from the 1910 tractor in appearance except that it looked like it was made of steel and has more color to it. This truck reached the speed of 70 miles per hour and cost 1500 while the 1918 Walker Electric was an all-electric truck and had its engine in the back and reached speeds of 20 miles per hour. These are just a few of the trucks, there are so many more and I highly recommend you should visit this attraction. 135 miles or roughly two hours and nine minutes from the world's largest truck stop is the town of Pella, Iowa with a population of 10,000 or so people. It is claimed to be home of America's Dutch treasure, according to the Visit Pella, Iowa website. The Dutch treasure of Pella, Iowa is the Vermeer Windmill, listed on the National Register of Historic Places. The Vermeer Windmill, which is at 714 East 1st Pella, Iowa, is 124.5 feet tall, where the Pella Historical website claims it is the tallest working windmill in North America. Prior to standing in Pella, Iowa, the windmill originated from the country Holland, or the Netherlands, and was based off of the Dutch grain mills from the 1850s. In the Netherlands, there are 991 windmills, and they're located in some of the cities. It wasn't until 2002 that the windmill was put together in Iowa as a way to symbolize the agricultural past of Pella. Each of the five floors of the windmill serves a different purpose. The first floor was also known as the base of the mill and it's considered the place where grain would be brought in to make the bread. The second and third floor is where museum displays and where the person in charge of the mill would live, while the fourth floor was used for storage. The fifth floor is the top of the windmill where the blades are. For the last attraction in Iowa for today, it is not for the faint of heart, as they say, or for those who may experience a fear of heights. In Columbus Junction, Iowa, or specifically Iowa 92, Columbus Junction, roughly 88 miles from the Vermeer Mill, or one hour and 40 minutes if you were driving straight from the Vermeer Mill. The Lover's Leap Swinging Bridge and it goes by other names like the Swinging Bridge and the Columbus Junction Bridge. Is the attraction suspended in the air, with a feeling of a swing, is claimed to be that is claimed to be felt in the center of the bridge, according to the Roadside America website. However, this can only be felt if you walk on either side of the bridge and not directly in the middle. The bridge is 262 feet in length. The sign next to the bridge describes the bridge's advancement and changes that happened from 1886, where the bridge was made of barrel staves and wire, and then made out of wood on the base of the bridge. Over the course of time, the length of the bridge increased from the original 160 feet. However, this bridge holds the story that two people were set to collapse under. Lou Tizer and his brother Jesse in 1920 fell through the bridge, landing on their feet without any injuries. Since then, the bridge was reconstructed in 1922 with stronger materials like steel cables used to straighten the bridge and a cable for the handrail. it began in 1954 with a new flooring. In 1968, 1981, and 2001, maintenance to the bridge itself, like the cables were made and the trees surrounding the bridge were cut. This bridge also has a strange story behind it. In the book Iowa Curiosities, quirky characters, roadside oddities, and other offbeat stuff, there is a legend of an Indian, or Native American maiden non-married woman, who was lovesick and jumped from the bridge into an 80-foot ravine as a suicide attempt because she found out that her love died in battle. Yet another legend also says that she jumped because her love rejected her and she couldn't handle it anymore, so she jumped. And that's probably where the name lover's leap comes from, but this can't be confirmed. The truth to this legend is that in Columbus Junction, there used to be the Sauk and Fox Indians that lived there. According to the Miswaki Nation website, the Fox Indians were originally called the Miswaki people and they got the name Fox from the French who would call them that. The Fox Indians and the Sauk Indians had a similar language. Historically, the Sauk in- and Fox Indians would fight on the same sides in the war, specifically in the Fox Wars in 1701-1742 to against the French. In Iowa, the Sauk and Fox tribe is the only federally recognized tribe where they have their own constitution, court court system, and police officers. Another interesting thing about the Lovers Leap Swinging Bridge in Iowa is that there is a sign that says, Did a lovesick Indian maiden leap to her death? The trees know and they won't tell. Thank you for listening this week. If you remembered, at the beginning of this episode, I talked about a voice message. I will add that feature and that link to where you can send me a suggestion about future topics for upcoming episodes. Or perhaps you have visited some interesting attractions that most people don't know about and want to share. I'd love to hear about hidden attractions that I haven't heard about, especially from people who actually visited them and have stories to tell. In order to send me a voice message, click the link in the description of this episode or in the description of the podcast and record your message. Tune in to next week's episode as we explore other gems in the United States. See you next week.